You're listening to the Sportsman's Empire Podcast Network brought to you by Full Sneak Gear. Check out their entire lineup at fullsneakgear.com. Also be sure to check out our entire stable of podcasts at sportsmansempire.com. New from Moultrie Mobile, the Feed Hub offers first-of-its-kind cellular connection and control for nearly any spin cast feeder on the market. When used with the Moultrie Mobile app, you can monitor feed and battery levels, run feeders on demand, receive alerts when feeders are clogged, and remotely adjust feeding times. The Feed Hub is ideal for anyone who maintains feeders. Remove the guesswork and save time by planning feeder maintenance before you drive to your hunting property. For more information, visit MoultrieMobile.com. You're listening to the Sportsman's Nation Podcast Network brought to you by Outdoor Edge. Now, Outdoor Edge is a knife company. We all know that. They offer a complete line of fixed blade knives, replaceable blade knives, and game processing kits, right? So any blade you need to break down an animal, these guys have it. Now, the cool thing about their replaceable blades is let's say you are in the middle of breaking down an animal and the blade goes dull. The only thing you have to do is push a button. The blade pops out, you put a new blade in, it locks in tight, and you're back to breaking down that animal. You get it cooled down, you get it back to the truck faster, and you get more meat in the long run. So if you want to find out more information about all the blades, fixed, replaceable, and game processing kits that Outdoor Edge makes, visit their website outdooredge.com and if you want to save 30% on your purchase enter the discount code nation30 that's n-a-t-i-o-n 30 and that's outdooredge.com what's up guys my name is parker mcdonald and i'm your host and you are listening to the southern ground hunting podcast everybody welcome back to another episode of the southern ground hunting podcast i'm joined by my co-host and uh and bearded brethren <laughs> drew robbins How did, how's it going buddy good man good we just uh had a got back from vacation actually it was our kids spring break and so we um went on vacation and dodged storms and all types of stuff man it was it was it, it was it's been crazy here in North Alabama. It has, this week. dude. So, I mean, did you see the pictures from Birmingham? I did. I did. That was I rough. I did. I did. And and yeah, it's terrible, man. And so, praying for everybody that you know lost their homes and and all that stuff because it, it's it's been an it's, it's been a rough week, man. So, yeah. but yeah, we we decided to go on a little vacation and just you know we planned it a long time ago and and. Um, and then uh, ended up, you know, spending some time in a storm shelter <laughs> during our vacation. But it was, uh, uh, it was good. Got to get away a little bit. And I, you know, I, I've been following you on, on Instagram, Parker. It seems like you got away a little bit too, man. I did. So at the church, um, I had two days of rollover vacation time that from 2020 right. that I didn't use, and I needed to use them before the end of March or they were going to be expired. And so I've just been, actually, I didn't even realize that I had them. I thought I'd used all my vacation time 
until I looked at it. I was like, you know what? I'm just going to go ahead and look at it real quick and see what it says. Sure enough, I had two more days of, of vacation that I had not used. And so I'm, I'm a, I'm a spender, dude. I'm not a saver very well. Like even oh, with, yeah, man. with money, yeah. I just, I spend, I don't save very well. So I'm the same way with vacation days. So that's why I just assume like I used them all, you know? And, uh, Sure enough, yeah. I had I had two left, so I told my wife I was like, "Listen, I was like, Easter is going to be tough on a guy who works in a church. Easter week is pretty much like you're not going to get a whole lot of hunting in. I might get a little bit in this weekend, but it, I'm not going to get a lot." So I told her I was like, "I would really like to be able to go and hunt this uh, this place that I had never been before, where I have I could have basically three days." Um, I had to shoot photography for a wedding yesterday, and so I had Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday to be able to go in there and, and try to figure it out. It's a place in Alabama. It's public land that um, is typically pretty good for turkeys, and uh, if anybody listens to us a lot and has listened to us throughout turkey season, they know the places that I'm, I typically hunt are not very great for turkeys. Um, it's just tough hunting. It's just really tough hunting. There's not a lot of turkeys there. And so I've always been nervous about heading to this area, this new area, just because I haven't had a bunch of time, like back to back days to be able to go and figure it out. It'd be a day here, a day there. So I haven't been able to commit to just go into a new place without having any, any knowledge about it. Well, um, so I decided to go out there and hit this spot that, uh, our buddy that we had on, I can't remember, Drew, if you were on this podcast, but last last, uh, last turkey season, I guess, at the end of turkey season, we had on a guy named Jordan Pope who uh, who killed three gobblers like back-to-back days. He was just on a roll mm. there at the end of the season. Um, he had went and hunted this place, and uh, we were talking a little bit, and he literally told me, I'm not going to get too far into the story yet, but I will tell you this part. He told me, he said... Uh, he said, man, I got on a bird right here in this spot. And he said, I'm going to tell you about it because I probably am not going to go back. And also, I would like to know that if you kill him, I would like to know that if I just had one more day out there, I would have been able to kill him. And I said, well, let me let me sacrifice that for <laughs> you, you know. And so it was really just a it was a good starting point for me to be able to go and and be able to get on on turkeys to have that intel. Um, believe it or not, I never killed that bird that he uh that he was talking about but i did get into some turkeys in that in that same general area and so um it was a it was a whole lot of fun we're going to talk about that story today because there was a lot of really really good tactics um that that went into play there just stuff you know drew whenever you're turkey hunting i know you probably don't know this nearly as much because you haven't turkey hunted much but when you're hunting areas that are high pressure and public land and things like that you don't have the the luxury of green fields and, and hay fields and stuff like that in a lot of the public land we have here in Alabama. And so you get into a place that actually has a lot of birds where you don't feel like, man, if I screw this up, I'm not going to have another opportunity. That's how I feel in my home range where, where we hunt. Right. I feel like if I if I am too aggressive, sometimes it, it could mess me up and I might not ever have another opportunity at a bird. And yeah. so going out here to a place where there are a lot of turkeys at, and there was multiple birds gobbling, it really made me try some new stuff, you know, just, just try and see if it worked. And, uh, 
and right. a lot of it a lot of it actually did work. So we're going to get into that here in just a little bit. But first, Drew, we got some uh, some housekeeping to do. And uh, who do you yeah, want to start? Who do you want to start with today? I'll tell you what, Drew. Let's do this. You choose whoever you want to start with, and you run a quick ad for that company. Does that sound good? Sounds good, man. Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna pick three just because uh, I love it, um, and I know you were wearing it um, all during your turkey hunt um, mm-hmm. this past weekend. Uh, literally, um, literally wore the same literally. thing all three days of the turkey hunt. Like, never even took. Yeah, I didn't even. I wore the same underwear, the same socks. I slept in my truck, so I was wearing the same pants, same everything the whole trip. So yeah. yes, yeah. So guys, uh, check out Free Gear. And use use the uh, use code Southern Ground to get a, a little bit of money. And I also want to highlight one of their um, um, it's called the Wasatch Top, and it mm-hmm. is freaking awesome. And what what I love so much about it is that it really is probably the best moisture wicking uh, piece of material that I own. And and I own all you know just um, a bunch of other brands and you know just like not not even camo, just just sportswear. This junk. It will lift the sweat off of you, and I, I just really am loving that piece. And so, guys, go go and check it out, um, um, streetair.com. It's awesome. We love it. Um, we've uh, beat the mess out of it in the, in the last two years, and it's held up. The Merino's awesome. Um, the the early season pant, which uh, which which I know we we both have, Parker, is awesome. It's real light, real airy. It's just, it's just good stuff, man. So, guys, go and check that out. Use Southern Ground at checkout and save you a little bit of money. Yep, and uh, it's funny you mentioned mentioned that Wasatch. All their names are, are goofy, and I, I don't know if I'm pronouncing them right. But um, right. you talked about the Uinta early season and the Wasatch or Wasatch, Wasatch, whatever you want to say, however you want to say it, depending on where you're at, I guess. Um, that's what I wore yeah. all week, and it was hot, it was humid, had storms rolling through, so the air was really, uh, what's the word, moist. The air was moist. Yeah. And uh, I stayed, I stayed great. You know, I didn't, I didn't use my merino this time. I wore that uh, uh, mountain stealth stuff, and it does great. It does really good out there. Yeah. And again, uh, definitely wore that all three days. So if that tells you anything, it tells you that. But. uh all right, so it's my turn, huh? Who am I going to choose? We're going to alternate a little bit. I guess I'm going to choose, how about this? I'll choose New Canoe because you probably have a little more experience with Tethered. So New Canoe is uh, is is also one of the, the great companies that supports our show. And so we really appreciate what those guys are doing, especially for the kayak hunting community. Um, my buddy Everett, who is the uh, the national pro staff director for New Canoe, he has just really immersed that brand and their company in the hunting scene. And uh, and obviously, they really love the stuff that, that we do with them. And so, we just appreciate those guys. I mean, the stuff that they're doing for this kind of... It's not a new sport. It's not really even a new tactic, but it's kind of new in the, in the scene, I guess you could say, where a lot more people are doing it. And they're doing it because... Those guys are really promoting it really well. And uh, they've also got really, they happen to have really great kayaks as well. So go and check out their new uh, Unlimited kayak. It's the brand new model for 2021, and it's awesome. I cannot wait to use it for turkeys. I haven't got to use it yet 
because none of the my early season spots are kayak access. But probably this week, if I get to go, I'm going to be using it. So um, go and check them out at newcanoe.com. So, Drew, you're up next, buddy. Yeah, man. So we we, we got Tethered um, up next. Guys, go, go and check out Tethered. Tethered Nation, and it's a great platform, great, great saddles. Um, really, really looking forward to using that uh, that XL Predator uh, platform uh, this year. And so um, excited about that. But, guys, just, just go check it out. And what I love most about, you know, Tethered is not that the product that they produce, their whole mission is actually just to promote saddle hunting, you know, um, which, which I think gets lost a lot, especially – yeah. Oh Lord! If you jump on a Facebook forum, um, you know it's just uh, blessing people's hearts. You know, um, I I guess they got hit with the uh, with the dodgeball too many times during recess or something, <laughs> and they're just mad at the world. You know, and so, but but what I, what I love most about about Tether is not even just their their products, which are which are great, but they're literally about promoting saddle hunting. And so, guys, go and check out um, Tether Nation and um, um, and and get online and get you some stuff because I know, listen, we all got a stimulus check, you know what I'm saying? So we might as well just go ahead and get some hunting gear. <laughs> <laughs> we all got, I've, I've been talking to somebody and saying that the new currency should be stimmies. Like that should Stimmy. be, that should be because we're, the U S dollars is pretty much going to be nothing soon. So let's just go buy stimmies. <laughs> uh, like how much did that truck cost? Oh, you know, it yeah. cost me four stimmies. Um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> all right. But last, last uh-huh. but not least, we got old Spartan Forge. I'm excited about this one too. We got Spartan Forge, Drew. I'm really thinking you're going to love it. Um, once yeah. you get to use it because it's really good stuff. They've been really, uh, kind of, um, what's the right word? Teasing some of the new things that are going to be, um, be with the, with the platform, but you can go check out Spartan Forge dot ai on their website and uh, it'll tell you pretty much everything you need to know um but right now it's a it's a deer predictor app and what it does is it it uses scientific data points from all over the nation of white-tailed deer and basically predicts for your area based on the rut times the weather um just different things predicts when and where deer will move at that at that place in that zip code yeah. in that general area so um i've been using it i used it last season for a little bit and uh it was like again i think i've said it every time since but i thought it was going to be a gimmick i really did i, I was not convinced that it wasn't going to be a gimmick i thought it was going to be and started using it really putting it to the test and stuff works man it's really good stuff so you can check yeah. out SpartanForge.ai. They're going to be releasing a lot more stuff with this platform. A lot more yeah. stuff. You, yeah. you just got to trust me. Drew, you just got to trust me, dude. Like the stuff that we've talked you. about um, is not even the tip of the iceberg for what Spartan Forge is about to, to start releasing. And here's the cool part. You can save 25% right now by using the code SOUTHERNGROUND, all one word, when you get it. And uh, the price that you pay right now is going to be the price that you pay forever. So even with your discount, it will be the price that you pay forever, and uh, it's going to be a steal. Like you're going to be, you're going to feel like you got in on something. Really, it's a great investment. I'll tell you that it's a great investment. So check out SpartanForge.ai. Let's breathe for a second, Drew. Take a break. All right, you ready to get into this thing? Yes. 
Yes. All right. What what I wanted to ask Parker because this is you know coming from a guy that just really wanting to get into turkey hunting, you know, um, and re, uh, I hunted some last year, but you know have been but been more invested this year. So you you told me you were going to a new spot. So starting there, what was what were some of the things you were looking for when you were going to this spot? Yeah, so like a lot of people who we have on the show, especially talking about turkeys, and given my typical um, method of hunting and scouting and cyber scouting for turkeys and deer, I'm always looking for water. I'm looking for those water sources because water, um, not only is it something that all the wildlife needs to survive, they need it, but it, it offers all kinds of different benefits to the hunter as well. So when you find big bodies of water, rivers, lakes, ponds, anything like that, um, that could potentially limit where other people can get to by foot, then you may have found a place where you can get into with a boat. So um, that's my normal style. So that's what I'm always looking for is water. And so I, I went to this area, and there are actually a few places where you can use water access. Um, but at the same time, the intel that I, that I got from, from somebody else later on was was just a little bit different um but the things that i'm looking for aside from that aside from water are going to be long ridges i like to hunt i like to turkey hunt on long ridges because what it does is it it gives me um, a place where i can cover a lot of ground especially i can cover it quickly um in in a lot of the areas around northern alabama you get uh, you get really like mountainous rolling hills. And the last thing I wanted on a quick trip to a new place was to basically just work myself to death and not be able to cover ground because I was just going up and down the whole time. Does that make sense? Um, yeah, yeah. And and turkeys like so, ridges like that. They, they like to hang out on those ridges, um, especially if you have a long main ridge with a bunch of finger ridges coming off of it. Those are excellent for... Mm-hmm. Um, being able to uh, get in on birds while they're roosting. They like to roost off those points on the finger ridges uh, overlooking a creek bottom and stuff like that. So um, it was a nice way for me to be able to cover a lot of ground quickly. The other thing that I'm looking for, yeah. the same thing with deer, is transition zones. I'm looking for some type of break in habitat. Um, turkeys, you know, whether it's pine thickets, cutovers, open hardwoods. Typically people really look at open hardwoods and say, oh, there should be a lot of turkeys here. And yes, that is where a lot of birds are going to hang out at a lot of times during the day. But Drew, I don't know if you remember this um, opening day last year, me and you went out and those, you remember where those turkeys were roosted at? They were, they were roosted right on the edge of that transition. They were actually in the pines roosted on a select few yeah. pines that were taller and they would, they flew down into the open hardwoods. It gives them that ability to kind of, um, you know, float down and glide down. They can glide yeah. a little bit further yeah. when they're gliding into the open hardwoods. So I'm looking for yeah. a lot and of that kind of Parker, stuff. I, going back to, to, to that hunt, I, I can remember you saying like, as they flew down, you, I mean, you, you were like, they're in the pine, you know, like, like that's what you said. Like, they're like, 
they're in the pines and, and and as a new turkey hunter i'm like i'm like okay cool i you know like it's like great they're in the pines when can we shoot them you know like that and so <laughs> so but i didn't i didn't know that that was something that was more on you know um not common i guess well and the, and the other thing if that makes sense it, it is very common to see them in those those big like longleaf pines and right that's a they they really like those and the other thing too about pines depending on your access is a lot of times those those pine stands like that you're going to get quieter you're going to be able to move through quieter because the pine needles aren't crunchy Mm -hmm. like leaves and so obviously that spot that we were in last year it was very much a uh that that's the property line. The pines are the private property, right. and so we couldn't do that. We had to access right. from the from the hardwoods. But a lot of times in in the specific area that I went to this past week, uh, a lot of it was was pines. It was very broken up. It was actually broken up really well, and that was um, that was one of the reasons why I really liked it. And so first thing, almost immediately from the first day. I started out in pines and worked my way into the hardwoods and they were doing exactly what we, what I just said. I mean, they were all roosted on the finger mm. ridges overlooking the hardwoods. Um, I ended up bumping one Turkey on the last day, uh, a gobbler. Actually, I bumped him because he was, he was, uh, roosted right above the Creek in a big, huge Oak tree, like right in the Creek bottom. And, but he was the only one that I saw that was like that. Almost every single one of them was up, you know, top third just kind of like deer do they're on a tree that's kind of right there in the top third off of those points and uh i don't know if you if you notice this drew whenever you're deer hunting but a lot of times where the the places that i end up bumping turkeys like you know the times when they scare the piss out of you first thing in the morning it's like Mm -hmm. four o'clock in the morning and you're walking through the woods and all of a sudden it sounds like a demon is flying down to grab you (laughs) That's yeah. That is a wild yeah. turkey that you've bumped off the roost. Sometimes forty of them, which sounds like forty demons, yeah. flying down to, to yeah. eat you. Um, yeah, th- is almost always whenever I'm on those points like that, and it's almost always where yeah. you know if I'm hunting a bedding area, that's kind of where I'm expecting it to be at. So, um, I look for honestly, my deer scouting and turkey scouting is a little bit. It, it's very similar. In a lot of ways, um, the good thing though is I really, really like to have open hardwoods somewhere close by. As far as like to be able to actually, that's where I'm going to typically like hunt at is those open hardwoods, mm-hmm. especially once once they roost and everything like that. That's where I'm going to be doing the majority of my hunting at. But all the other things offer different things for for the turkeys, and so that's kind of. And, and I'm right. I'm by no means like I would consider myself to be a pretty solid deer hunter, and I would consider myself to be fairly amateur at turkey hunting, but I really try to go about it the way that the same way that I do deer, and I, I I talked about it on a podcast I think it was actually a podcast I was a guest on the last maybe in, in the last month or so, and I can't remember which one it was but uh, it, it was the Whitetail Distraction podcast. Uh, I went on there as a guest and I basically told him this, like, I'm not like, I don't, I'm not a great caller. I don't really consider myself to be a great turkey hunter. Um, but if you work hard enough, if you've got a lot of grit, like that's the number one, 
that's the number one thing. So as we're talking about all yeah. this stuff throughout the season, you know, if I kill more birds, um, just know that the most important factor that goes into that for me is just being there and working really hard, like covering a lot of ground and yeah. doing doing just a little bit extra because I know if I want to be successful by turkey hunting, it's not going to come easy. It's going to be hard. It's going to be a lot of hard work and getting up on mornings when you really freaking don't want to get up. So that's throughout yeah. the season, guys, if you're listening to this and you hear me talk about things, just know like the most important thing is just grit and determination. And uh, eventually it'll all, it'll all fall into place. Yeah. Did I answer your question good? Yeah, man. I, I, I'm, I'm <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It, 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 it's really, it's really cool though. Cause like, I know we're going to talk about like a lot of tactics, you know, here, here in the um, uh, next, next little bit, but it really, it all just boils down to one. And that's just, I'm going to, I'm going to outwork other guys. I'm going to outwork a Turkey to kill a Turkey, you know? And just, it's just, it's just having the grit and, and, and the determination. Uh, Dan, Dan Infault sometimes says that, you know, he, uh, back in his younger days, he would, he would stoop it into a deer. Like he would just stoop it into one, you know? Like he was just like I was dumb, and I was stupid, but I was determined. I was gonna, I was gonna make it happen. And I, you know, there's a lot of tactics that are gonna that that we're gonna talk about. But above all else, just the tenacity to say, okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna stick with it, you know. But also, in in saying that, I know here the the turkey population is not the best, um, and, and so um, just like you said earlier, like if you if you miss your chance sometimes here, like you might as well just go ahead and head back to the house and get a biscuit, you know, because like there's not, there's not a, a, you know, three or four gobblers just tearing it up, um, two, two, two hollers over, you know? Well, let me tell you this, Drew. So, um, I, I can't, I've probably mentioned it before, but just to give people an, uh, a, a reference, I guess, to our area, like I, I consider myself an amateur, but I also don't consider myself a bad turkey hunter. Like, in places that I've hunted with birds, if I've got a few consecutive days, I can kill one. But one or two or whatever. Yeah. But it's one of those things where we where we typically hunt on the public land that we hunt most of the time. Last year, I put in over 100 miles on my boots, like... And that's with kayaking and, I mean, covering lots and lots and lots of ground. And on the public land, so excluding when we went to your club and excluding right. uh, one other public piece I went to across the state, on this main piece that I spent most of my time on, uh, I hunted probably four days last year, four, four days a week last year, and I only heard birds gobble on three days. And it was usually one. One of those yeah. days, I, one of those days, I heard no. Two of those days, I heard two different birds gobble. Um, and one of those two days, both of them were together. So you can't really that don't really count nearly as much. But yeah. I only heard gobbling on three days of the season last year, and that's pretty. That's pretty tough. Well, actually, I always tell people three days, but I'm sitting here thinking about it, and I think it was actually only two days that I heard gobbles. Yeah. Now that's, that's a weird season because it's not normally like that. Um, it, it's normally pretty tough, but usually if I'm hunting, if I'm hunting four days a week, 
I'll hear I'll hear a bird gobble maybe 50% of the time out there. Last year was just really really tough. And so yeah. Going to some of these other areas when I went to Tennessee and then going to the place where I went to this past week, it kind of feels like heaven. You know, it's like, well, there's actually yeah. turkeys gobbling. <laughs> My statistically, <laughs> statistically, I'm pretty decent on days that I hear a gobble. So, um, yeah, you know, let's. <laughs> it, it's fun. I mean, that, that's when turkey hunting really like <laughs> you're still grinding hard, but it's like really you feel like you're in the game. There's nothing more depressing than feeling like crap i'm not even in the game any day that i go because gobbling is what makes you feel like you're in the game right like i don't know right there's not another way really in turkey hunting to feel like you're in it unless you hear something gobble even if it's just even if it's like a mile away you know that's how you that's that's what makes you feel like well there's a gobbler somewhere in here and so it's really depressing it's really depressing, but like I said, you just keep going and keep going. If you live in a place like Arkansas, for example, or some parts of Louisiana even, places that just have really low turkey populations, but there is a huntable population there, you just got to keep going, yeah. and eventually everything's going to fall into place for sure. Um, yeah. But, you know, I, I and I again, just to restate it, I think that's the most important tactic that goes into into turkey hunting really more than anything. The number one tactic is going to be go, you got to be hunting. If you want to kill birds, you got to hunt where birds are. You know, I mean, that's, (laughs) that's, that's the big thing. But if you live in a place where there are not a lot of them, then you just got to keep going and keep going and keep going. Eventually you're just going to, like you said, you're just going to stoop it into one and it, and it works out. So. Yeah. Now, so, so you you had you had looked at the map you you had done some cyber scouting and then um, so tell me tell me about that first bird man yeah so um, like I said I kind of got some intel from from my buddy Jordan about where one specific bird was at and it was uh it, he was I mean he was not gar holing me at all um, like I said he wanted he wanted proof that he could go in there and kill him if he had one more day. So I went in there, went in real quiet, kind of with the idea that there might be a bird roosted in this one spot, and I kind of had to sneak into it. And so I went in there early, early, early. I actually slept in the in the on the road. On the it was it was rough. Um, I got in about twelve o'clock, just went straight to the spot because this area has a lot of pressure. It really does, or this like the whole piece has a lot of pressure from out of state non-residents and everything like that and so like i'm just gonna go ahead and leave tonight and i'm gonna go up i think i went up tuesday night after work i ended up getting to the area about 12 and i just slept there and uh, i wanted to to be able to have that area you know be the first one there and so i woke up i ended up waking up about 4 30 in the morning just to watch trucks just to see how many trucks went by and i think i had four or five right there around 4 30 and five o'clock roll in and uh, there may have been some more that came in after I or before I woke up, but I think it was about four or five trucks that went by and started making my way down in there. And so it was, it's a big, huge, I have to basically go down a ridge into a creek bottom and then pop back up. And, uh, but this, this one pin that he had sent me where this bird was roosted at was actually on my side 
of the ridge of the, the road side of the ridge only about two or 300 yards off the road is where he was roosting at. And so I had to really sneak in there Well, I got in there and I kind of got to where I was overlooking that bottom on kind of a high point. And, um, that bird wasn't gobbling, but like four other birds were gobbling like crazy on all sides of me, like just going nuts. And eventually that, that one that he talked, he told me about started gobbling, um, he gobbled maybe twice or so. And so I ended up going towards the ones that were, that I felt like were firing off the most that I could really pinpoint and, and trying to set up, set up on them. And it's one of those things, like I said, where, you know, when you, when you are used to not having goblin turkeys and all of a sudden you've got five of them around <laughs> you, you really start getting confident. You're like, man, I'm going to kill something today. And, uh, and that's exactly how I felt, man. And and it's almost one of those deals. Like you're, you're maybe worse off that way. Cause you don't know what to do. You don't know. I can't go anywhere without running in and bumping right. one of these things off. Somehow I got to get in between all of them or pick one. And I just don't know really what to do. I'm not used to this. I'm not used to actually having turkeys around to hunt. And so I ended up, I ended up just kind of really going and sitting right in the middle of all of them. And I didn't call like at all uh, until a little bit later, until the sun started, you know, really peaking where it was getting within, you know, 10 to 15 minutes from fly down. And so I really, what I wanted to do in that, and, and this could be wrong. There could be some really seasoned turkey hunters listening to this saying, that was stupid. Um, but I hate overcalling. I do not ever want to be the guy, especially when I have stuff on YouTube. I don't want to be the guy that's that people comment and be like, you called too much. Um, I would rather not call enough, really, than call too much. And so I waited until, there were, until I could pinpoint one that was gobbling the absolute most. I ended up getting a little bit closer to him. And it actually happened to be two birds that were roosted right there together. And, uh, and just did, got really close to him and started doing some tree yelps, just really light and not very much. I think I may have done like two sequences of tree yelps, just really soft, just, you know, and just to let them know that I was there. And conveniently, I had actually busted a hen off the roost right there in that spot. And so... I, what I huh. figured is somewhere, somewhere close by, there was a, a tom. One of those toms that was gobbling, or all of them, knew that she was there, and she was actually on the point yeah. that I was on, and she flew down, and I was able to. I just set up right there because I figured one of them would, would, eventually try to make their way over there, knowing that there was actually a, hen, a real live hen there, and that's something that I've done before. And it has worked out fairly well as far as keeping me in the game. Is uh, I, I don't ever I, I try try not to bust birds, but whenever I do accidentally bust a hen, I, it kind of makes me happy. I'm like, okay, she's out of the way. Right. I don't need her in my life right now. She's not who I'm going after. I got her far away from me now, and uh, and maybe I can get one of these toms to come in thinking that I'm her. So I did that, and I sat there, and I probably sat there, man, for probably 30 minutes or so, and uh, only did, like, maybe two sequences, and the, all the birds ended up flying down, and I was able to kind of pay attention to where they were moving to, and there were two these two birds that were across the creek from me that 
once they flew down, they were slowly getting closer and closer and closer. Very slowly, but they were definitely getting closer. And uh, and so that was yeah. one of those things for me where I knew I was going to have to get across that creek and onto their ridge if I was ever going to do anything. I was on a I was on a point overlooking the creek on the opposite side. They were interested and they were coming closer, but I had to figure out a way to get across that creek. And I've heard people say, you know, turkeys if they want it bad enough, they'll they'll cross the creek or they'll fly across or whatever. And I know they will, but I've also seen probably more times than not where they just hang up and they do not want to cross that creek. And so yeah. I ended up just kind of moving over there and I did a big U basically to get around them and risked. I, it, it worked out in my favor because there was actually other birds on the roost that were over towards that area. But once they flew down, I was able to, to, to confidently know that I wasn't busting those birds that were gobbling um, on the roost over yeah. there, if that makes sense. So I didn't want to push in too far early while they were still in the tree and they could see me from up high. But once they flew down and I could follow their gobbles, knowing that they were gone or at least further away, I was able to make a move on the ones that were closer. And so I just pulled a big U, went up to that, up on top of that ridge. And and it was really actually pretty quick from that point forward. Uh, I sat down on the very top. There was kind of a, a thicket, like a little bitty tiny thicket up there. And I was able to sit down basically right in the middle of it. And uh, those those turkeys kept gobbling. And they were kind of making their way towards the creek because the last time I made a sound that I was across the creek. And so I, I could hear their gobbles that sounded like they were doing that. So I knew I had to get set up really fast. Got set up. And, uh, dude, it was within minutes. I sat down and all of a sudden I start seeing like like, like something hopping, right? Like in this little dip. I could barely see yeah. it. Only when it would hop. I would see wings and it hopped. And I was like, what in the crap is going on over there? I know that's got to be a turkey, so I got my camera. Also, I forgot my—I left my binoculars at home, which is stupid. Don't do that. Um, so I was using my <laughs> camera zoom as binoculars, and so I zoomed in on it. And sure enough, I see these colorful heads hopping up and down, like, and I can't really tell what they're doing, but I would just catch te- like feathers strutting, and then a bird would just hop, like that, like it was like trying huh. to, like they were fighting or something. They weren't making any noise at that point. Every once in a while they would gobble, but I mean it was really rare. It was it was scarce at that point. But I knew I knew there was turkeys right there, and they were probably I don't know maybe ninety yards away. And uh, and so I was like, well, I'm just gonna sit right here. They got a straight shot to me, um, and if uh, if they're working my direction, if they know that I'm over here, and so I just did some excited yelps, and all of a sudden the flying stopped. I wasn't seeing them anymore, so I started getting ready. And sure enough, man, they came. They came just walking straight kind of to my left off the side of the ridge. They weren't walking the spine. I was kind of more up on the spine of that ridge. And they were kind of walking the side of it. And before I knew it, man, they were they let out one more gobble while they were out of view. Both birds did. So both birds gobbled. It was bow, bow, really quick, right after each other. Definitely was different birds. They come up over this point, or over this uh, finger ridge, and are walking basically right at me at this point, and I see this long beard. Um, that's when I got my camera, tried to get my camera on him, and I don't think I was able to do it very well, but I see the long beard uh, walking right at me, and I can. there's another turkey behind it, 
I couldn't tell what it was, but I figured it was another long beard just because they were both gobbling like that. But there was another turkey behind it walking. And so I thought, okay, once they, they had to go down a dip and they were going to come back up at probably 35 yards from me. And so I thought, okay, I know that one's a long beard for sure. Whenever he comes back up, since he's the one in the lead, I'm going to shoot him. Once I see his head, I'm going to shoot him. So he does it. He comes back up, and I shoot him. He's dead right there. The other turkey flies off, and I actually see that the other turkey has a long beard on it whenever it flies off. And I thought, okay, that's fine. It's two long beards. Get down there to him, and I'm like, oh, no. Oh, my gosh, that head looks too small. Oh, my gosh, those those wings don't look like they're colored right. And I look at his spurs, and it's just like little nub spurs. And I was like, you got to be freaking kidding me. Somehow, that other bird had gotten in front of the lead one before they came back up. And I ended up shooting the Jake, which it was a goblin Jake. He was a big Jake. He really was a big Jake compared to ones that I've shot in the past. Um, he had a full gobble. But just not a long beard. And that long beard flew off to never be seen again. And uh, <laughs> I got to tell you, Drew, that was the first time that, that was the first time I've ever felt defeated after shooting a Jake. Usually if I've shot Jake's in the past, um, it's been like either having a tough season or, you know, like uh, last year in Tennessee, I shot a Jake on the first day. Most of that's because I, I wasn't having like just a killer season. I was a, I shot two birds in Alabama, um, but when I got to Tennessee, it was the first day. It was raining. I didn't absolutely a hundred percent know that it was Jake's, but there was a group of them, and I figured they were Jake's. But when I saw a redhead, I shot. Um, but I was excited about it. You know, it was like first day out here, yeah. first day on a new piece of land. Like I was jacked about it, but I'd kind of made it like this thing where I was like, you know what? I don't really feel the same about shooting Jake's like I do shooting a big old long beard, but the, you know, going out here to this new place, I'm not going to make an excuse. You know what I mean? I'm going to a place that has a good turkey population. Um, there's going to be lots of gobblers. And that day, I mean, I was honestly on Wednesday, I was probably surrounded by seven gobblers or so. I probably would have eventually killed a long beard. And I actually called one in, and if I would have just waited, but the other thing is, is if I would have waited, that front one was going to bust me. Like they were already, he was already on to me whenever I shot. He was, he was about to bust me. It yeah. just didn't work out in my favor. And they switched spots like that. It, it's the first time I've ever shot a turkey and was like, well, crap, you know, and I wasn't just like absolutely jacked up. And, uh, yeah, yeah. Well, and also, you know, you're, you're you're dealing with a whole other person there and it's called a camera you know like you're trying to get yes trying to get the shot on camera and and, and all that and 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 i know from watching like turkey video stuff like um it's it it's a whole different ball game than than when it comes to shooting whitetails like yeah. i mean you know because like uh turkey's vision so good that like i mean you know i've i've seen guys on 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 youtube shoot them and like you don't even see their head, you know, they, I mean, they barely see like you, you see the top of their head as it's coming over the hill and they just, they just pop, mm-hmm. pop at them because they're like, Hey, the first chance you get to shoot one, you need to shoot it, you know? And it's, and, and so, um, but Hey, it's, uh, 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 Rick, you know, we, we had that conversation with Rick Taylor uh, a couple weeks ago, you know, if he, if he comes in like a, 
he comes in like a man, he can die like a man, you know? Yeah. <laughs> so, it's uh, That's definitely true. Yeah. And I probably would have been less disappointed if I didn't know for 100% sure. Like, I wasn't right. 100% that the other one was a long beard. I know it was a long beard. Like, <laughs> I saw it. I saw it swinging. Yeah. And I was like, when I, when I got up to the bird that I shot, it was just like, you'll see it in the video. And I, I in the video, I actually apologize for my reaction because my reaction was not what I normally do. You know, I, normally I'm very yeah. excited. You know, I'm just grateful for the opportunity. And, uh, and so I, I, I did have to actually apologize. Once that video comes out, you'll see that because my reaction was like, that gummit, really? Like, you go off and do this, like you shoot your first, your first bird of the year is a Jake like this. And it's, you know, I was just, I was kind of kicking myself and eventually I got over it after talking to a bunch of people. Everybody's like, everybody would have done the same exact thing. If they come in like that, they're both yeah. goblin. You see the long beard first and he's in the lead. It, it's just one of those things. It's just one of those things that happens and it's going to happen um, to anybody who hunts yeah. like that in a lot of terrain, you know, terrain is the biggest factor. I think in that you can use it to your advantage big time, just like that, where, you know, when they, when they come up over it, they're right in range. You set up in range when they come over the top and, and shoot it. And you don't have to worry about, you can get away with a whole lot of movement and a lot of noise. As long as they don't see you, as long as they're on the other side of it, you can get away with a whole lot more and get turkeys in range a lot faster. But that was day one, man. Yeah. It was uh, it was fun. I mean, I'm not gonna say it wasn't fun. I was, I was jacked up because you know, first time out here, first day, and by nine o'clock, I, I was tagged out for the day. You know, I'd shot a bird. Yeah. And you know, the, it's the 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 knowing. I mean, they put on it once. I rewatched that footage. I, I rewatched it finally today, of them like jumping around and doing stuff, and it's actually really cool. You can tell. I don't know if they were breeding a hen. It looks it looks like one of them actually is breeding a hen over there, and uh, yeah. and, and that may be very. They're just like right over it. You can just barely see their heads pop up over the rise, and uh, but you can see them. They like literally are hopping around and like sp- sparring and doing all kinds of stuff. So it was pretty cool. And and me, I had I had let a me lot ask of fun you that day. Too, Bart. Yeah. So I know you were saying there was like four or five trucks that you know of. Um, that, that came down, um, when, it, when it comes to hunting pressure, I mean, do you, do you use it the same like you do in deer season when it, when it comes to turkeys or like, how does, how does, how, how does pressure affect, uh, turkeys? So what you'll find out in the next story of, of the, the last day is kind of what can happen, but here's, here's kind of in a nutshell, what can happen with with turkeys deer don't make noise right like you don't have you don't have five hunters going after the same buck because they heard him grunt you know they may have gotten pictures of him but he's going to move around they're not actively working closer and closer and closer into him turkeys are a different story because you can hear them for you know a mile and so every hunter within that if their area is slow and that's the only gobble they've got they're going to they're going to go after that one that they can see, you know, and most, or the, I mean, I'm sorry, the one that they can hear. Most public land hunters, I would say um, a good bit of them, especially if they're hunting areas and they're used to hunting areas with a whole lot of terrain, they don't have any problem, you know, humping up 
several ridges to go try to kill a turkey. But yeah. uh, I think people kind of get on a – they kind of stand up on their – I don't know, give their own accolades by saying, you know, I hunt where nobody else is getting into and I'm going all deep and all this stuff. It, there's a lot of people doing that, especially public land turkey hunters. Like there is way more people doing that and going in deeper, in my opinion and in my experience, than people who are just hunting 100 yards off the road. Because turkey right. hunting is a constant movement, like you're always moving. Right. You're not you're not going in three miles before daylight. You're slowly working your way in that deep, and you can cover three miles before you know it. You know, if you go a mile, set up on a bird on the roost, and then you can't get on him, but you hear another bird. Well, you work your way even further, and then you work your way further than that. Like you can get three miles deep, no problem. And, and not really even right. wind, wind yourself. So I would say with turkeys, I see more pressure in the areas that I hunt, even by kayak. Some of the places that I've gone into, some I've made some good friends that way too, um, where you, know, you just kind of have a mutual respect for each other because y'all are putting in, y'all are all putting in the work. You know, the, the thing that really right. pisses people off is when somebody's parked, when you're parked in an area and somebody comes in right behind you. That's the thing that pisses people off. I have never been mad at somebody who worked just as hard as I did to get back to a spot, and that's where our paths cross. You know, but whenever they right. see your truck and they go in there anyways or go and park right next to you, that's the stuff. I mean, you're talking about hundreds of thousands of acres of public land that somebody can go into and they chose that one spot that you're at. That's just not cool. It's just not cool at all. Right. And so that really kind of goes into this next story though, um, of, of what happened with the, I ended up shooting another bird and, and that, that really goes into the, into the next story. So that was Wednesday when I shot the first one, Thursday was the day when all the tornadoes came through and I could not hear I don't think, Drew, I don't think I would have heard a bird if it was gobbling 10 yards away from me. I mean, it was right. so windy. <laughs> from the beginning of the morning, it was windy. Just super stupid windy. So I didn't hear a whole lot. Next day, I go in and get on this bird early in the morning. He's gobbling. He's really the only one I hear gobble. And uh, I, that was the day I busted. I busted one off the roost, walking in in the creek bottom, and got set up pretty much in the same off the same ridge where I shot the bird on Wednesday because there was just so much sign in there. I figured that was a better starting point to just go ahead and get on that ridge. So I snuck in there really quiet and, uh, and I hear this bird on the other side of the ridge down in the really steep Creek bottom. And he's gobbling, gobbling and gobbling and triple gobbling and doing all kinds of stuff. He's a decent ways away from me, but he's the only one I sat there till about eight o'clock or so and tried to see if something closer would spark up and he's the only one he kept going so i go in there go after him long story short i set up on him like three different times thinking i was in a good setup and he just continuously keeps going away from me i mean no matter where i set up he was going away from me the whole time and i ended up seeing the hen that he was with um go over a hillside so i was like you know what I'm about to go up on that hillside and I'm just going to sneak up to the top right as I crest that ridge and see if he's over there with her. 
Well, I get over there, and I just, like, basically belly crawl up over this ridge and peek over it to see if I see anything, and I don't see a thing. But then I start hearing a hen all the way up at the top of the hill, at the top of this ridge. And so I was like, oh, I guess they just, they worked over there real quick. He had stopped gobbling by this point, but I knew he was probably close with her. So I get over there and set up, and I'm close, man. I am freaking close to her. And I can kind of see right this transition. There's a pine transition. I'm in the open hardwoods. And I'm like, okay, she's somewhere right there on that transition. And they are. Pro- he's probably just standing there strutting. And so I let out a, another excited yelp just real quick. And uh, I look <laughs> right when I do that. I see two dudes stand up from where they were at and point in my direction. Like, oh, there she is. There she is right there. They're about to come up. And yeah. I was like, it!" So I walk over, I stand up, and I wave at them to make sure they put their guns down and stuff and stand up. And uh, I walk over there to them. And just super, super nice guys. I mean, just really, really solid dudes. We talk, and uh, they had been set up on that same exact bird all day and had worked all – they had gone basically a big circle around me. So I was constantly in the middle of these two guys – calling and yelping and there was times when i thought man i feel like i hear a hen i can hear a hen making noise um but it never was like it never was just super loud um but that's what they did man they were just doing a big huge loop all the way around me and so um (laughs) and so we sat there and we talked i don't know man probably for man maybe 45 minutes to an hour we sat there and we talked and these dudes were just solid just super nice guys we're sitting there and all of a sudden we're about to we're about to part ways and leave i was like well my hunt's over pretty much and all of a sudden a bird starts gobbling and one guy looks at me (laughs) the other guy look we all look at each other and he goes let's go kill him and so we go and set up this bird's gobbling like 100 yards away he's super close and, uh, I mean, we have a really good advantage of being able to kill him. So we go over and set up, and one of the dudes had already killed several birds for the season, and he wasn't, like, super concerned about it. He's like, hey, y'all set up right here. I'm going to pull back. I'm going to go far back here and try to pull him up over the top of this point. Okay, sounds good. Yeah. Well, he does that, and this bird is coming, dude. He's coming on a string, and he just hits a point where he just don't want to move any further. And we're like, I mean, we're thinking any moment this thing's going to peek his head up over the top and we're going to kill him. One of us is going to get a shot. We had both sides covered pretty much. And the bird, I mean, we sat on him for probably 45 minutes or so. And he hits a point he won't go any further. And all of a sudden we hear a go- we hear him gobble again and he's like 200 yards off. Like way far away. And we're like, well, he's gone. Still cool. That was a great way to end the trip. Um, we kind of cut our losses, gather up all our stuff and go back to where we were talking at. And I, I told him, I was like, y'all, this is a pretty good tactic. Just stand around and BS with your friends and talk and wait for a bird to gobble. (laughs) And dude, no sooner I say that all the way on the other side of the ridge that we were standing up on another bird gobbles just almost the same way, a little bit further away. And we all look at each other again, and the guy goes, well, I got all day if y'all got all day. And I said, let's do it. So we go over <laughs> and get on this one. And this guy, this bird is gobbling 
at this point it's like 11 11 30 11 45 something like that so we figured he was probably a lonely got a lonely two-year-old or something like that that his hen got away from him went to nest and he's getting lonely he's looking for another one and so um he's far off but we kind of feel like you know he starts he's responding to every everything we do we feel like he's probably gonna try to at least get a little bit closer so we cover a little bit of ground and get over there to a good spot you know where we think you know he could just judging by the terrain get to um well when we get over there we let out a a yelp and another tom gobbles another bird gobbles down in the bottom below us at probably 70 yards he's super close and it's a different bird and so we all look at each other again i mean it's kind of like this is awesome this is cool this is how turkey hunting is supposed to be and let's yeah. go over, let's let's try to kill this one so we all turn around get set up that bird does almost the same thing that the first one does we're up above him he's down in the bottom and he's coming we're just waiting for him to peek his head up over the top of that ridge and he just never does and we eventually hear him gobble far away and we're like well okay well, i guess it's time to go back to the truck well no sooner than we do that old boy that was a long ways away at first starts gobbling his face off right behind us i mean within 150 yards probably he's he's close and he's coming and he had covered dude i'm not lying i'll bet that bird covered 500 yards or so like he was wow. he was wanting it he, I mean, he was a long ways away, and we got him in right there. So we turn, we basically just turn around on the same tree that we were on, just turn around and get to where he was at. Well, he ends up, we actually see him, and he comes over the top of the ridge, and he's above us, and he's just walking basically silhouetted. We can see him on top of this ridge, very like all the way at the highest point. And he's just looking, man, like, where is she at? I want her now. And he's looking, and he's yeah. strutting, and we're trying to be still. And uh, and he's strutting up there at the top. Well, he just won't come down onto our our finger ridge that we're set up on. So he goes over the top to where we can't see him anymore and just stays there. I mean, probably for 15 minutes, he's just gobbling, gobbling at everything. And we know he's probably just up there. We can't see him, but we know he's probably up there on that flat just strutting, waiting for the hen to come to him. So – uh, we make the decision, all three of us are going to go and and get on the the slope of the ridge that he's on top of and just at that super extreme angle try to get him to where he'll just peek his head over the top looking down. And we sit there, dude, for 45 minutes on that steep angle doing everything we know how to do. I mean, the one guy that, that was calling, he... he <laughs> drops all the way down into the creek, scratching, and that bird's going nuts. And he's within 40 yards of us, but we just can't see him. And this dude goes down to the bottom and starts scratching and calling. And we're just, me and the other guy are just sitting there waiting. We're just like, okay, he's going to come up. Any moment now, he's going he's gonna to do this, and he never does. So I look at him. Well, the, this guy's name is Chad. And I look over at Chad, and I was like, dude, I'm about to crawl on him. I'm about to just crawl up there and try to get a shot. And we, I mean, we had been sitting there for like an hour at this point trying to work in this same bird and we're getting tired and dehydrated and hungry. And I got to get home because we had stuff that we were doing that day. And I told my wife I was going to be leaving at one and it's one 30 
and I'm still on this bird. <laughs> and, uh, and so I was like, dude, I'm about to crawl and I'm, I'm getting tired of this. And so we crawl and we crawl up this ridge, just scratching and really slowly. And I look over at Chad and Chad gets to the top and we got a blow down right in front of us. That really works out to our favor. And he looks over or stands up. And that's when I know he's about to shoot him. He's about to shoot because he wouldn't stand up like that. As soon as he stands up, I hear, and I hear the bird putting away and he stands up and he shoots. Well, in that moment, I'm like, well, heck yeah, we got a bird down. That was a team effort. That was a lot of fun. Well, when I look over the blowdown, that bird is still running (laughs) and he is not running slowly. Like he's trying to get out of there. And I was like, oh crap, he missed. And so I raise up and I shoot and I miss. I miss once. And I think I'm, I may have grazed him because he kind of popped his wing a little bit. Um, but yeah. it, it wasn't a, it wasn't a lethal shot. And reload another one. Well, Chad over there, he can't get he can't get another round chambered. Like his gun's jammed or something like that. And he can't get another round chamber, so he's like struggling to get it. So I shoot again and ended up rolling it, and he he died right there. And uh, dude, I was jacked up. It was another ugly turkey hunt, like not not a primos turkey hunt. I'll tell you that that's for sure. Yeah. That's not the stuff they show on the truth about hunting. Um, but it is. Yeah. It's it's my truth, you know. Like it is the truth. Yeah, we're, yeah. we're gonna. Yeah. <laughs> We're going to get really political, politically correct on this. This is my truth about hunting is yeah. that most yeah. of my turkey hunts end or, or happened similar to that. Like we just crawled on it and he was running <laughs> and I shot him or I missed first. And then I shot him. I've killed more. Tur- I don't know how these jokers do this stuff with single shots. I would not have half the turkeys I've killed if I had a single shot um, because no, I no. missed most of them on the first shot. And I just couldn't do it. But, uh, it was cool, man. The the I, I think the thing that I, I really wanted to say about that hunt, and then we can pretty much end it because I just wanted to tell the story because it was fun. Um, but the yeah. thing that I can really say about that hunt is that I I was a lot more ballsy in the moves that we made, knowing that you know on that one I was about to go home. I had no I had nothing to right. lose. I was about to leave. I wasn't going to be able to get on another bird. I needed to make it happen fast. And and so, you know, I wasn't afraid to do something. But on all the other ones, I wasn't afraid to take a risk and to try to push it maybe a little bit more because I knew that probably I was going to have another opportunity that day to kill a turkey. And that time, within three hours, we set up on, like, what, four different turkeys? And that was between yeah. 10.30 and 1.00 we set up on that many birds. So you can, you can really be more aggressive. You watch guys like the hunting public and Catman and Dave Owens and some of these dudes, the untamed, they do it as well. They get really, really aggressive turkey hunting and do things that you wouldn't even imagine trying to do in the turkey woods. And I think the reason why they do it is because, I mean, you're talking about guys who get to hunt a lot of turkeys. Like they get to just do it all season long. And so knowing that they have, they're going to have more opportunities, it forces or it allows you to be a little more aggressive and a little more ballsy because you, you can get away with that stuff with turkey hunting. It's so weird 
I don't understand how they can hear the slightest little peep of a call, but your voice doesn't spook them. I don't get it. Right. But for some reason, it that's the way it works. I mean, we were literally standing there talking. And, I mean, when that bird was up on top of the ridge, the one I ended up shooting, (laughs) we were, like, the one dude uh, was back behind us, like, 50 yards, and he's like, is it working? <laughs> I mean, like we're talking and that bird's just sitting, sitting up there at 30 yards, goblin, not even caring about that, but he can hear the slightest little scratch in the leaves. You know, um, you can really get away that's, with a lot of things crazy, in the Turkey woods. You can get away with so much. And I think a lot of guys end up like screwing themselves out of killing a bird that they're on because they, they try to just sit and wait and wait for him to come. And a lot of times he's not going to. And so it's a lot prettier if he does, you know, it looks a whole lot more. It looks a lot more like something on Mossy Oak, but exactly. And that's not, you might not kill him. Right. Because, uh, you know, guys that are wanting to get into it or, you know, guys that are, uh, you know, um, um, watching turkey videos, that's, that's what they see, you know, is that they, they see him come out and strut and, uh, and then, try to breed the decoy and like and like and there's there's nothing wrong with that like, no not at all there's nothing wrong with that like like i'm i'm going to shoot the first long beard that i see this year and if that if that long beard is in a green field or in a hardwood bottom um or or you know on the side of the road if it's legal i'm going to shoot that long bird <laughs> you know i'm not going to shoot the side of the road because it's not legal guys so don't send parker an email or anything okay but but like if it's on my club and he walks in our um, uh, greenfield, you know, I'm going to do my best um, to hit, kill him on the first shot, which is probably not going to happen. Um, but I have three and a half, and so um, I'm going to literally shoot until I can't see him no more, you know? Yeah. But, I, like, I, I kind of think the best turkey is a dead turkey. And exactly. and you like do that, what that, you, that, you have thing. to so do. You, yeah. And, like, like watch the videos and like you can like you can learn some things and um and like you can learn from other people and, and stuff like that but man I, I i don't care how he dies or like what tactic that i use to get him dead i just want to get him dead yep i'll tell you i'll tell you drew turkey hunting is one of my this type of turkey hunting is some of my favorite type of of hunting and a lot of the reason is because of i mean it's always it, it can be so different like when i was a kid turkey hunting just did not do it for me when it was spring turkey season and they were playing all the turkey hunting you know the Drury's and the and mossy oak and primos and stuff like that turkey hunting just didn't get me going and part of it's because watching those kind of hunts those guys i love the i'll tell you my favorite podcast to listen to right now is is cuz cuz strickland fistful of dirt. oh yeah man that's my favorite podcast too, to listen to because he is he he yeah. is like like Papa Cuz like he I want him to be my grandpa. Yeah. Um, I love I love yeah. those guys. I love the stuff that they've done. But the videos are, they don't they didn't like get me just fired up about turkey hunting. Those guys have done more for turkey hunting than anybody I know of. But uh, but the the videos weren't my favorite to watch because once you've seen a turkey hunt on a field, you've seen every turkey hunt on a field. It's just right. it's just one of those things. You wish that they work out that way. You set up on them on the roost, and they fly down, and you shoot them in the face. Like, those are great whenever they happen, but I literally have never had that happen to me. 
Um, I've never, I've actually never killed a turkey on the roost. Most birds that I've killed have been between nine, like nine and four, probably. Um, I've never killed one. Mm-hmm. I've never killed one right off the roost first thing in the morning. Um, but uh, what I was saying is, is I, I like watching these style of turkey hunts, knowing here's one thing that I know. If somebody has a hunt like this, they're probably not getting the shot on camera. I don't give two flips about it. Um, right. Because dead turkey is dead turkey. It's not like, it's not the same as a deer. Getting a shot of the deer is not to me, for me, for my, my consumer, you know, viewer pleasure. I don't care. I want to watch a cool turkey hunt. And what I want to do is try to learn something from that turkey hunt. Like, what can I get away with? I remember watching a video. I believe it was Dave Owens and his dad, possibly. Um, and they were on a bird, almost a similar situation. And they ended up just crawling over the top of the ridge and shooting it. And I'm just trying to kill turkeys. They don't got to be perfect. Yeah. As long as I get to come home right. with a bird, I don't care. Anything short of shooting it on the roost, I don't really want to do that. Um, if it's legal in your state, I don't care if you do it, but I don't. Re- it's not really what I want to do it do it for. But man, if it's if if I'm hunting on private land and the turkeys come out in a greenfield and I got to stand in their way and just ambush them, I'm I don't care. Like it, that don't bother me. I like the game and I like it when they play the game. But dude, I just want to. I want to see a turkey die. And so whatever way it takes, however you have to do that, that's what I'm going to do. And so I'm learning and and slowly, slowly learning the things that I can get away with. And these times whenever I get to go to a place that does have a pretty decent turkey number and I'm able to, I guess, experiment with it. um, It really, it teaches me a lot. It really teaches me a whole lot about what I can and cannot do when it comes to, to, to hunting turkeys and whenever you're hunting a low density, you know, low Turkey density population, whatever, it's hard to make yourself do that. But I think after like, because I started my season like this in this place, going home and hunting my home turf, whenever I do get on a bird that's gobbling maybe once or twice this year, um, it, <laughs> I'll be more aggressive, you know, I'll be more willing. And that happens. It's a, it's a, it's a journey, you know, it's a, it's a progression, you know, it, that's really what it is. Yeah. You you progress as a turkey hunter and learn these different things and hopefully see turkeys die along the way. So Drew, I'm hoping that this is your year where you get to get to really experience that for the first time. I'm going to try to, you need to go with me because I'm going to be going to this place again this season. You need to just go with me, and uh, we'll go yeah. for go for a day and try to kill one or, or down, two. Dude. <laughs> or two. Yeah, I'm two down, man. two yeah, would be, I, I wanna... be great. But man, I, do you feel yeah. like we do you feel like we covered kind of the the basis of of what we were talking about? I really like these scenario type yeah. stories for turkey hunting because. I think people are probably somebody listening to this is going to find themselves in the same situation this turkey season, and I'm hoping that it helps them. You know, I want it to. Yeah, man. Yeah, I want it to help them. And it is. It's also cool to hear too that like not every guy that you meet on public land is just an absolute terrible person. 
you know. I thought you were going to say something You know, you're going to actually. <laughs> you, said, you said not every guy you meet on public land is an absolute. Like, I thought you were going to say something else. Um, no, no. I was just going to say just an absolutely terrible person because, yeah. like, like, that's the, that's the, that's the, you know, that's what everybody thinks is that, you know. And, um, but, like, you could, you could meet up with some dudes and start shooting the bull on top of the ridge and all of a sudden you, you hear three different gobblers. Dude, and we got to share we got to share a really cool hunt together and be excited yeah. for each other. I, I felt bad Chad uh he missed that bird and and you know I I would have been super jacked up if he killed it. Like we worked yeah. for it. We put we all put in the work for that. And so I, I and I also feel feel different too. I didn't mention this, but I feel different too. Most of the turkeys that I've ever killed, I killed by myself, right? Like I called them. I did everything. I have not I don't think I've ever shot a turkey that I did not do everything myself 100%. And so this one was a little bit different. Once I met up with these guys and the the one guy was more, he wasn't so concerned about shooting, I didn't pick up a call from that point on. And it was his calling and and really a team effort of, of making this bird die ultimately. And so it was, it's a really strange feeling, but man, it was so cool. I've been texting with them and, and having conversations with them since then. And, uh, and we're going to hunt together again. You know, it's, it's not a matter of if it's a matter of when, because we clicked. I mean, we, we had a good time, you know, we shared, I mean, for us, for guys like us who are wired the way we are, we shared like a really, you know, a memorable moment right there. It was it was yeah. memorable. It was fun, and uh, and that's not the kind of stuff that that you forget about real easy. And so, um, I you know I say it in the video, but I'll say it here. It doesn't have to be negative when you run into somebody. You're all there. You should all have mutual respect for each other. You're going to run into jerks, and when they're jerks, just let it roll off your back. But sometimes you're going to meet some really nice people. And those guys are yep. locals to that area. Uh, here's here's how it worked for me, okay? These guys are local to the area. They know it really well. They kill a lot of turkeys off of this area. And they're like, dude, let's get together next time. Let's do it again. We'll hook you up. We'll get on some, we'll get on some more birds. And I'm like, yeah, absolutely. You know, I mean, just that me walking up and being nice and not being like, what the heck you guys doing over here? I've been hunting this bird. The fact that I just walked up and I yeah. was nice, shoot. I mean, I made I made hunting buddies for life. So it doesn't have to be negative. It can it can be it can be fun. It can be positive. It can be a really good good thing for you if you won't be such a freaking jerk and be like yeah. every person that is on Facebook. I'm about to quit Facebook because some of you jokers wake up every day and decide to be miserable and be rude on social media and i'm so sick of it i am so sick of i i try not to be not to call anybody out on their bullcrap on the podcast because i know everybody's listening to this and i really appreciate it but some folks on those pages turkey hunting and saddle hunting pages specifically just can are incapable of being kind like (laughs) they're they're oh anyways we i don't want to get on it because like i i have zero for that bull like it's just stupid so if 
if you know that you're that way, yes, I am talking to you. You don't have to freaking listen again. I do not care. Just stop acting like a douchebag on Facebook and on Instagram and on YouTube comments because nobody cares about your opinion except for you and maybe your mama. <laughs> like, anyway, Drew, we're going to have to get off of that because that ticks me off. I can tell. <laughs> yeah. That ticks so, me off. But yeah, so hopefully we can. Um, I know with 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 Easter coming, you know, with with both of our jobs being pastors, that it's going to be a tough week to get out and do it. But I'm, I might be able to swing maybe maybe one morning. Um, I like well, I like how I just said douchebag, and you decided it was a good time to remind me that I'm a pastor. <laughs> no, I'm reminding everybody else. You know, um, it, it, so uh, but you know, so hopefully we can get out and. Uh, take all our frustrations out on turkeys, um, <laughs> yes. rather than on the keyboard warriors, you know. Yep. And uh, but uh, but man, I'm 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 really looking forward to uh, to getting that first one called in and get them dead. Dude, let's get them dead, bro. Hey, um, I'm excited about it. Good start for turkey season. I'm uh, I'm jacked up. Good luck to everybody else who's going to be out there chasing turkeys all across the south if you got out of state trips good luck drew i'm going to tennessee in two weeks i think um two weeks from two weeks from tomorrow no two weeks from right now i'll be on my way to tennessee trying to kill turkeys up there so i'm excited about that hopefully we can get a couple more down here in alabama before then but uh let's uh let's let's wrap this thing up you want to let's do it all right Guys, make sure you check out the people and the companies that support this show. And that is New Canoe, Tethered, Scree Gear, and Spartan Forge. Go check out all those companies. They all offer incredible products that we really actually believe in. And uh, and we know you'll like them too. So go and check out all those companies online, on social media, whatever. You can also check out the Southern Ground Hunting YouTube channel. Everything that we just talked about, this whole story is going to be up on YouTube at some point. Uh, I'm going to leave that open-ended because I don't know when uh, I'll have time to edit the videos, but at some point I will be editing those videos and putting them up, but we have lots of turkey content there, lots of deer content as well. So check out Southern Ground Hunting on YouTube and also on Facebook and Instagram. It's Southern at Southern Ground Hunting. You'll find us there try to post as much as I can let you guys know what's going on in the world of Southern Ground and uh, so you can check us out on all the social medias and the interwebs we would really appreciate that again guys thank you so much for listening to you I cannot tell you how much it means that out of all the podcasts out there right now you've decided to listen to Southern Ground Hunting and it means so much to us so thank you again for listening and if you are going to be in the turkey woods this week remember that god gave you dominion over the birds of the air slash birds of the ridge uh the fish of the sea and the <laughs> beasts of the earth uh, we might need to change that drew for turkey season like the dinosaurs that roam the ridges or, or something like that i feel like the turkey is more <laughs> closely related to a raptor than it is a bird anyway go out and exercise that dominion we'll talk to you next week